Everyone ready? Let me finish chewing this cough drop. Okay. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm drinking tea. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the failing filigram. No, gran. Gran, like your granny. Like yeah. your gran. Failing filigran. There we go. I think the milk's off. Yeah, that's not good. If it fizzes when you open it, it's not. Um, it's yeah, more how it like solidified into little chunks when I put it. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's just mm. the cream. That's fine. Mm. Just means you didn't shake it. Nice, because we all live in the 1950s where cream and milk are separate. Well, it, until milk's homogenized. <laughs> homogenized. Uh, exactly. I can't say that word. Uh, yeah, until it's done, which and basically all that is is pushing it through tiny, tiny filters so it breaks up the fat particles. Um, so I'm used to milk that separates because I used to get raw milk on the farm. Anyway, uh, Al, what have you been up to? <laughs> I've literally um, just literally. got back. Yeah, literally just got back this minute from um, a... Space. From space. Yeah, it was great. It was cold. <laughs> Couldn't hear a thing. <laughs> Smells like burnt toast. In space. No I also couldn't taste the uh, the off milk because your taste buds don't work in space. So there you go. No, there you go. Um, That's not yes. Good. I've what? How do you know? Were you the fucking taste space police? Well, no. But Final taste. I know what space food tastes like, and it tastes like food. No, it tastes like dried food. Yeah. Space ice cream is really nice, though. Space ice cream is really nice, and it's it neither ice nor cream. Um. Yes, I've just got literally <laughs> deja vu. I've just got back from um, a fantastic event that I went to. Um, as you, some of you may know, um, I volunteer in a program that helps young people, um, sort of outside of school program, um, in a way that kind of prepares them for the real world. It's like <laughs> a, it's like an intermediary be- between um, kids that don't have a chance to go to college or don't have a chance to go to university instead of them just leaving school and kind of not having any ambition or drive or understanding. Um, it's this kind of halfway house and it's a volunteer thing. The kids themselves volunteer. Um, actually some of them have to go by law because they've done <laughs> things they shouldn't have done. Um, but basically it's a fantastic initiative set up by the government, set up by the Tory government, which is rather surprising. Ooh. Um, yeah. So tip of the hat to you horrible people. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I volunteer there. I've been doing it for a few years now and it's, it's a fantastic, um, thing it, 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 I leave probably more inspired than the kids do, um, which is <laughs> partially why I do. It's quite selfish. Um, but tonight was just a, a, an event to kind of talk about the plan for the year. Um, as with most kind of government initiatives, it's there's a lot of legislation, a lot of red tape. Um, so the program is sort of ever changing to meet meet targets and very boring things like that. But um, yeah, tonight was sort of a celebration of the past few years. We had some speakers, some young people came and talked about their experiences um, on the program, and it was fucking brilliant. I was nearly brought to tears on several occasions with just these young young kids, sort of 15 years old, talking about how their lives have changed and how kind of um, even idiots like me can make a difference. <laughs> um, so yeah, super inspired about that. Um, can't wait for the next the next the next session of programs, which is which is kicking off in the summer. Um, awesome. Yeah, so I've just got back from that. So I'm I'm pumped. I am fucking stoked and Good. pumped. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, that sounds fucking awesome. I'm I'm really I'm almost a little bit jealous. Steve, um, I want to hear about your stuff with Jamie no. and the new forge. 
No, no, you don't. You just want me to go next so that you can segue nicely into the subject. <laughs> don't, don't, don't try and cover it up, Brett. Remember how we've talked about not pointing out the segues? Yeah, but where's the fun? Go on, Steve. Um, anyway, uh, what have I been up to? I, I had a class with Jamie this week. Um, Jamie from the Custom Cave and his brother, Roop. Um, both of whom are fucking awesome people. Um, uh, obviously I know, I know Jamie through the group and, um, and Instagram and all that and chat to him quite regularly. Uh, but getting to meet his brother as well was really cool. Um, uh, I, I'll probably talk, um, more about them a bit later on. Um, but yeah, it was just a, a really, really fun experience. It was kind of weird because it was definitely a class that felt more like hanging out with friends than it did, uh, than actually, yeah, classing, teaching stuff. So there was a couple of times where we were just kind of stood around chatting and I was like, oh shit, yeah, we're, we're, I'm supposed to be teaching you stuff. Uh, let's do something. Um, and that happened quite a few times. And then we hung out um, Saturday afternoon and evening as well. So yeah, it's a really, really fun day. Uh, other than that, it's just been constant trying to get the uh, other bits for the workshop done. Um, the end is in sight, but it's still kind of far away um and i had a day off on friday to to try and work on some of my own stuff and ended up getting caught up with admin bollocks so didn't actually get anything productive done um but on the plus side joe is back from norway now so we get to make joe do all the stuff that me and alex didn't want to do like going up on the roof and things like that so hooray Yay! Yay for Joe! Hooray for Joe! So, Brett. Yeah. Really subtle segue. What? What have I been up to? Okay. Nice question, Steve. I appreciate it. Um, We are trying to wrap up a handful of projects amidst all the busy that is very typical, but Jim's going to be leaving town to. I can say it here. No one listens to this podcast. <laughs> they they um, talked about it on the Rusty... The, Pitzel. The, yeah, that one. Okay, fair enough. So he's going to be gone on and off March, April to film Making It Season 2. And so there's a lot of prep work to be done for the classes and stuff that are going to be kicking off right when he gets back. Um, So we're just a little loaded up right now trying to get all of that done. And I... Found out a week ago, a week ago, that Tony Rillo was going to be coming to the shop on Friday, so a few days ago, um, to pick up a surface grinder that Jim had, I don't know, found through typical Jimmy standards. Um, and Tony was going to come and take it and shuffle it away, go restore it. And Tony and I had talked about doing a hammer together at some point. And that would be a trade for a touch mark or, or at least that was the discussion. And when I found out he was coming to the shop, I went, you know what? I want to surprise Tony. I'm going to make said hammer and you know, we can make another one down the line, but I want to try and give him something to take away if he's bringing me a touch mark. Cause that was the whole thing. He told me he was coming. He was going to bring me a touch mark. So amidst all the busy and everything, I set myself up to, crack a project out in two days with that much notice 
not being a hammer maker, I've made a couple of tools. And also, I've never forged S7, which is what Jess made her hammer out of, which I apologized to her afterwards after actually hitting it because it was ridiculous. I couldn't believe how hard it was. Um, but I got through the whole process. The whole process went smooth. I was very happy with it. And I worked really long and late and was doing ice picks amidst everything. And I was running back and forth in between heats. Tony shows up on Friday. I'm like, hooray, I made you a hammer. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. And I said, but you have to finish it. So this is kind of us making a hammer together because I've made all the pieces. And the one thing I needed to do is he brought the touch stamp. I was like, all right, we'll do one heat. We'll stamp it. And then I'll heat treat it and we'll finish it. And woo, you get to walk away with a hammer. Uh, I didn't get the steel hot enough. So the stamp didn't quite take as well as I <laughs> wanted it to, which was a little upsetting. Because um, I think both of us wanted to see like a really nice fat bop right into the side. Um, it didn't quite happen. And I didn't want Tony to be staying there another six hours for me to wait to grind it. But I went to heat treat it. And once it cooled off, because it's an air cooling steel, um, I took it to the wire wheel only to discover that there was a gigantic stress fracture in the back of it. So it was not ideal because I really wanted to make a gift for somebody who was effectively making me a gift or something that I'd been looking forward to. And we had a talk about it. We still finished it. He let me film the rest of my video because I did film the whole thing. I'm hoping to put it up this coming weekend. But uh, I was legitimately upset that it didn't work out. I was mad that I had a failure on what was effectively a gift that I was trying to put a lot of like time and effort and work into to do something nice for somebody, right? And he left the shop and we we talked about it and it was all good and it, it'll probably still function fine because it's really tough steel and it's not fully cracked through. It's like a surface thing, but it's, it's pretty noticeable. Um, he even told me he was probably going to do like a gold uh, epoxy fill, like a shimmer fill, um, which is, uh, it's a Japanese style Hold on, I'm, I'm actually looking it up just while we're talking. So, Kintsugi. Yep. Kintsugi. Uh, I had to ask Jess about it because she made a table <coughs> doing it. Um, and he goes, yeah, I'll probably play up the crack. You know, it, 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 the face of it will still work. It's the back end of it that the ball peen side of it that didn't work out super well. So, I, what it comes down to, and the reason this is a segue is... I had a hard time dealing with it. Like Tony left the shop and I was just down because I, I really wanted it to, to work. I wanted to make this project and I, I'm not a hammer maker. So I had set myself up with some unreasonable expectations of trying to crack this thing out. Not only having never really done it before and I didn't use the hydraulic press or anything. So it was all trying to do it by hand and because I'm not a tool maker, I've never used that S7 and made anything out of it, except for the one that Brent Bailey helped me make on a giant power hammer and with a lot more knowledge than me. So luckily it was for someone 
like Tony, who absolutely understands and who hates precision and things that are done properly. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so he was really nice about it, and and obviously wasn't like, oh, well, I'm not taking it because it's broken. You know, he he was happy maybe he was with- like like in Futurama, he was like, dirty boy, dirty boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? Absolutely loved it. <laughs> um, it was, but it was a little. Admittedly, I was a, I was a little depressed about the whole thing because I was you know I'd underslept. I really tried to work the extra time to to finish it, and I had this whole idea in my head that he'd show up and we'd be excited because we'd do this trade and then we'd stamp it and it'd be so cool because it's the first thing we stamped with the tool that he brought me and it was difficult to kind of walk away from that and and just eat it that like I really thought I could pull something off. It was definitely hurried, and I went way faster than I probably should have, given it was the first time. Um, but I, I'd really like to hear your guys' thoughts about, you know, failures or when you set yourself up for a project and it doesn't work out the way that you want, and not in the like, well, I can make it work, and it's not a huge deal because no one else will notice. Anybody that looks at the hammer will see the giant crack on it. That is, you cannot get away from that fact. And I love the idea that Tony was like, I will totally still use this thing because it's not like he's slamming it. It's like a little one pound ball peen and he'll just be using it to kind of tap things around. But I want to talk out what it's like when you have your failures, especially on a delivery day. Like I set myself up for a delivery day on this project and it was like, well, everything went wrong. That sucks. So I, I, we, I think we need a jingle for this episode. We need we need a rant jingle. So I think I think my task at the end of this is to write a rant jingle because <laughs> there's there's going to be some rants occurring. Um, um, go just, ahead, sorry, just very quickly before you jumped in, jumped in with yours. I want to jump in with a quick point that uh, oh, okay, classic. <laughs> no, no, very short one. Uh, people that are already in the the group will know that uh, when uh, Tony showed off the stamp. Uh, he tagged me in it saying, sorry, sorry, Steve, because I'd asked him about doing one like 13 months ago sort of thing. And um, and uh, he messaged me earlier on today uh, just saying, so, you know, all right, now that I've done Brett's, what, have you got a design or anything that you want for yours? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I got mine made like six months ago. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and he sent me the, uh, it's the best use of the, you know, the David Tennant, stood in the rain gif <laughs> sent me that one <laughs> fucking creased up and it's my favorite use of that gif so far um but yeah that was it carry on carry on, carry um, on. yeah before be, before said rants commence i just wanted to kind of just build on on what you said brett you, you said that it, it, you were depressed because of what happened like totally believe that and totally understand that because you are a person of ideals you are a person of like ambition and you have a vision in your head and you 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 strive for that ambition and that's that's a virtue and that's impressive um but is it about the expectations that you set yourself is it about you sort of predetermining this benchmark that you didn't achieve and that's why it gets to you what is it specifically that kind of you know really really got 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 you agitated about this this single event there was an accident you know it wasn't about you being negligent or ignorant or arrogant you know this this was something that you obviously didn't intend to happen um and did everything in your power to make it not happen so why did it get to you 
Yeah. So, I mean, I think depressed is the wrong word. I, I know, was, you, I I was definitely, you. no, no, no. I, I, I know that's not what you're getting at, but um, it, it got to me because at, at the core, and this is absolutely a personal thing. Yeah. Um, at, at the core, one of my biggest personal goals or personal call it a pet peeve. I don't, I don't know how you'd best refer to it, but it's disappointing people. Yeah. Like Tony had no idea that I was doing it. Right. So this was absolutely self-imposed and it really took like 30 minutes afterwards of, of me leaving the shop. I made a phone call to just kind of air my grievances and, and vent to someone. And Within 10 minutes, I had realized I was like, wow, I am being so shitty right now. And this is a terrible attitude to have. Like, I tried really hard. I tried my best. It didn't work out. Also, first time, you know, like, it didn't take long to to pull it back. But the initial reaction to it failing and not being able to deliver on what I had hoped or, or what I had self-imposed was absolutely expectation driven. That's why the idea of maintaining low expectations so that you can be pleasantly surprised is a fantastic attitude to have about things when it but, comes but, to but what's, what's, what's the lowest expectation. I mean, it's a fucking catchphrase of the show is that everything's a hammer. So well, you, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, succeeded yeah. in making a hammer. Yeah, so it, exactly. It's absolutely not a failure with any stretch of the imagination. Right. You, you made a hammer, right? I did. Right. So you succeeded. Yeah, that, that was why that that conversation that I had like thirty minutes afterwards is like, what the fuck am I down on myself about? And actually, there's something really beautiful about Tony immediately suggesting like, I'll pour some gold acrylic stuff in there, and it'll be beautiful. And I was like, that is the most wonderful thing. Oh my god, that is you great. Complete me. Yeah. So it it is that reaction based on not wanting to be. Um, it's that self-imposed, like, I don't want to, dis- I'm never going to want to disappoint. And I will work 20 times harder to make sure that the people around me are catered to or that I can do things for them before I take it on myself. Yeah. And Al, you and I have personally had some conversations about this because it's a very typical thing, you know, and especially when it comes to like guys in the shop, it's a very, very standard thing for a lot of like men in the shop to like no failures like i'll throw a tool before something goes wrong but it's for some it's it's not just a male thing it's a fucking personal thing and i think everybody goes through those moments of feeling like you failed or you've disappointed the people around you which at the end of the day you probably didn't yeah and i doubt i doubt tony walked out of there going ugh what a piece of crap there is <laughs> there is no I way that was, that was cracked yeah <laughs> But I, I appreciate your question because it, it is a reminder of why yeah. or a, a reminder of what it means to try and do something for somebody else, right? There is what I get to do on a daily basis. I, I am lucky enough or, or I've gotten, in, gotten myself to a place where I can try these things. Yeah. And it took a few hours of work and I really tried to bust my butt through it. I was just mad at myself that I didn't achieve my goal. But what the <laughs> fuck was I expecting? I've never made a hammer out of S7 before. I've never forged S7 before. Jess did. And there was something about that being like, well, you know, I'll give it my damnedest best. 
And then she even told me afterwards that it was just like, yeah, this stuff was really fucking hard. That's why I stopped because <laughs> it's like really hard to hit. <laughs> so, yes. Sorry. That's another kind of like rant answer over. But again, I want to throw this at you guys to hear like the same kind of deal. Do you do you actually set yourself up to make sure that you don't hit that moment at the end of like, if I don't achieve this, am I going to absolutely, you know, murder myself over mentally going down a rabbit hole of how disappointing I am to everybody else around me. I mean, for for me, I'll, I'll save my rant for a bit later on. I've got a couple, um, <laughs> but for me, just doing it is success. Regardless mm. of how you, 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 you watch my shit. You've seen the stuff I make. If it, if it is a hammer, I've succeeded. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if it's what it was meant to be at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's what it's somebody else's interpretation of what I've made you know, is, is irrelevant to me. If I, if I set out to what I, if I solved the problem that I set out to do at the start of the day, I've succeeded, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of how you measure that. Um, I think it stems back to being a kid. Like I, I never, I never really had this ambition to, to win as a kid. Sounds weird. sounds defeatist, but that's not my point. My point is that like, if I was playing football the goal of playing football for me was not to win the game. The goal was for me to do what I was supposed to do or to go above and beyond or to do something that mattered. Um, and the overall, the overarching like big picture thing, um, I, it, it never, it never bothered me that I wasn't on the winning side because I had this, I had the, and this, this, this dawned on me. I had this revelation as a, as a really young kid. Um, if you win at something or succeed, you know, whatever the analogy is that we're talking about today, um, a success is basically you did the bare minimum you had to, to do what you needed to do. So like a boxer winning a fight, if they won the fight, all it means is that they were, they were fighting someone weaker than them. (laughs) It doesn't mean that what they did was better. It doesn't mean that they, somehow transcended something because they they won a fight it just meant they were beating someone up who was weaker than they were like that's not something to be proud of (laughs) and and it was the same i remember i remember this in fights as a kid i remember winning fights i remember losing fights you know um and winning a fight i would walk away from it going that that wasn't an achievement that doesn't like what have i achieved by 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 taking advantage of someone that wasn't stronger than me, but going away from a fight where you get your ass kicked, I was right. Now I know what to do next time. Now I know how to be stronger. Now I know how to dodge this, how to defeat that. And for me, that's why I, I prefer to lose. I prefer to fail. My life is a fucking concession series of failures. Some of them epic, some of them minuscule, some of them people wouldn't even consider as failure. But to your point, Brett, you know, it's, it's self-imposed. It's, it's what you, envisage as, as a failure or success mm-hmm. but if i if i go out on a daily basis and i fail it means that i have an opportunity to learn it means i have an opportunity to better myself it means i have an opportunity to try again um your next hammer isn't going to be cracked you know i'd rather fucking fail and then know what i'm doing than succeed and just walk around smug because that's not teaching me anything like i don't you don't learn from successes you can go back and eat. if you analyze things, if you analyze anything you do in your life, you're analyzing the the negatives. You know, you're not analyzing where you went right 
because you mm-hmm. don't need to because it went right. Right. <laughs> you don't need to think about it. Um, so I and and this this is uh, it, this is not a deliberate attitude. I don't think this way on purpose. But it was as I say from a kid. I always had this 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 thought that like it, it never really I never really got upset when I didn't win. I, you know, I had all these kids around me who would be like throwing tantrums and fucking crying like little spoiled little babies because they didn't win. And I'm like, well, was that your purpose for today? Is that all that matters to you, or yeah. is being a better footballer what matters to you? To me, it's about being a better footballer, not about winning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to kind of carry on from that, like I uh... sports. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I grew up with a brother that was four years older than me. I I grew up never, ever getting to win anything. I was always <laughs> second place. I was always getting my ass kicked. And it's, yeah, it was just, it was how it was. So kind of similarly, I don't, I don't necessarily view not winning as a failure, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess like I, I probably got a, a different attitude on it again um but then i think to to bring it back around to more related to what you were originally talking about like i i'm quite fortunate in that the stuff that i do that's going out to customers is generally stuff that i i already know how to make like it's not i don't tend to take on too many projects that are making it for someone where it's the first time i've done it sort of thing um Mm -hmm. and if if it is generally it's you know it's the first time i've done that particular take on a technique that i'm already comfortable with and and aware of you you kind of couldn't you couldn't almost justify yeah charging people for something if if it's the first time you've done it not even just because of how long it would take and and the learning process is like that's unfair yeah exactly i mean and and that's the thing is like there's obviously ones like with the the treasure trade where i did the um uh, the coffee scoop mm-hmm. was the first time I'd, I'd worked with copper and and that yeah again that was there was several failures in that and that was just a case of looking at it and going no that's not good enough i'm gonna step away and i'm gonna think about it like i i was fortunate in that i had the 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 time because i purposefully said right i know that this isn't something that i'm going to be getting right first time so i know i need to i need to start it earlier and i need to kind of allow for those um that R and D, um, so yeah, I think the, the the closest example I've probably got is the um, the Wheel of Death, and uh, and that was mostly because it was more a case of the engineering side of it rather than you know I I, I can stick two bits of metal together and know that they're going to stay mm-hmm. stuck together, but actually getting it all working, I mean, I didn't have it uh, stood up and spinning until like two days before it went in the car so i didn't allow myself a great deal of room to to fail on that one but i kind of i i'd gone through enough iterations building it in my head that i was fairly confident that this was going to work um so like that one i managed to get away with but there was there was plenty of fails in that beforehand but again you know i I'd set the expectations of the person that was that had ordered it. I was like, this is going to take a, a long time. This isn't something I'm going to knock out in a weekend. Um, so I think for me, I kind of, I try to avoid getting into that specific situation by, um, by trying to do these things well in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, don't wrong. Like there, there have been times where I've, especially doing presents for friends and family, where you know I've done something kind of fucked up, and generally that's just a case of get, look at it and going, 
this isn't my best work, mm-hmm. but I know that the reason I've, I, you know, I've, this is subpar is because I was rushing myself. I didn't allow myself enough time. So that's, I'll get disheartened as it were. And I'll, I tend to say to the person when I give it to them, like, look, I'm giving this to you now, but just, you know, I'm going to spend the next week, week and a half, two weeks, whatever, making it again, but making it better. Um, and don't remember like nine to that 10. They're like, Oh no, don't do that. Don't do yeah. that. This is, I don't know. But I'll still do it because I know that I can do better. And I know that what I've done, isn't, it's not even about it being my personal best, you know, that it doesn't have to be the best thing I've ever done every single time. It just, it has to be up to a certain standard. And if it falls below that standard, then it's annoying. And I kick myself for it, but I kind of go, right. Okay. Here's what it is at the moment. Give me a week and I'm going to give you something that's better. I think, I think that's, that's really important, Stephen. I think you, you made a good point about winning, not winning, not necessarily being the same as success and losing not be the same as failure because it's not as binary as that. Yeah. Like the, 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 the cutoff point of a failure and the cutoff point of a success is a gray area. You know, you can still make a hammer regardless of whether it is what you wanted to achieve when you set out that morning. Um, and to your point, Steve, you could make something that someone's happy with, but to you, it's a failure and you want to make it again. Whereas actually yeah. it did, the, it did the job it was meant to and the person's happy. So why is that a failure? Yeah. Um, you know, unless you've got some sort of standards that you set yourself, um, which is again, admirable and fine. Um, but then it, the, it, it's, it's all self-imposed again. And yeah. it's back, it's back to just uh, perspective and, and it being, it being relative to, to, to imaginary fucking benchmarks. It's like yeah. when we talked about deadlines and <laughs> they don't exist. It's just, we create them because we need, we, whether we need goalposts, I don't know. Um, I'm going to try to stay away from sports analogies, but um, sports. The, you know, the, it, it's obviously self-imposed, um, but but taking it out of that binary situation into a much more kind of flexible analog situation where you can have levels of success and levels of failure, I think is healthy. Yeah, i i'm I'm glad the conversation is going the way that it is, and that's why I brought this up as a topic. Is because. Um, like you've said, Al, and I super appreciate the perspective you guys are throwing at it. Again, that's why I wanted to bring it up because I, I think there are a lot of people in our community that that have reaction reactions initially like I did. Yeah. I think it's a very understandable thing for a lot of us to <laughs> to experience, but it's the, the after handling, right? Yeah. Or the making sure that you're growing your perspective or growing your own expectations in yourself or or maybe softening your expectations a little bit hey you don't have to perform at 110 (laughs) percent all the time yeah it's completely unreasonable to do that right and um you know after that after that the real kickback is that a day and a half later i started feeling sick because i hadn't slept (laughs) i was working myself way too hard so my voice sounds like it does now i've been sick for the last couple of days because i just i ran myself ragged and then I, I think um, I let it get to me a little bit too much while I was working and just like hurrying. And okay, I got to get this thing done. And I, my body just, this is my body's way of telling me like, hey, remember what happens when you do that shit? I'll just get <laughs> sick. Yeah. If you want to keep being an asshole to yourself, I will just make us sick. How's that sound? Which is a real inconvenience at the end of the day. Um but but what helps is to have a couple of people to reach out to or, or to be able to have a conversation like this where Al even offering the perspective would be like, well, yeah, 
you set yourself up for a pretty ridiculous expectation. And you know, the, the timeline, like Steve brought up, you know, you give yourself a little bit of well advance. I absolutely self-imposed. Like I have two days to do this and projects to finish for Jimmy. Cause I can't just spend the next two days working on this. I need to actually be doing my work. So amidst that, I, you know, pulled a super long day and was trying to rush through everything. I hit it a handful of times when it was way too cold. I know that in hindsight, it's like, Oh, should have stopped before that. That's probably where the stress fractures came up. Um, but take it away from the specific example of my hammer. I, I think keeping things and I, I know a lot of us feel this way, but the low expectations paired with being fucking happy about your own achievements. Like I, I did effectively make a hammer in, in a day and I filmed it like typical me f- filming stuff. So on top of actually making it, I worked my job, made the hammer filmed it and I'll have a video about it, which I'm hoping to actually add a little bit of this conversation. Not that I'm filming this exact conversation, but some of this I'd, I'd actually like to put at the end because not everybody that watches a YouTube video is going to listen to the podcast, but I think there's something to be said about the like, yeah, but here's what really happened. <laughs> so everything that you watched in the process is great. This was actually a suggestion. Um, but, but to show off like everything you just watched was like technically and for all intents and purposes, the way that I made this hammer, yeah. the aftermath is all the stuff you don't see. And I'd actually love for you to see that because I want to share that there's failures as well as there's successes. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to invent a word here and it's before math. And that's not, <laughs> that's not before maths. I'm not, I'm not confusing the, 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 the multidisciplinary um, subject of mathematics. Um, but the before math is my series of failures that happen everything I do. So, like the my last project, the um, the vo- the volume knob thing, everything, no. every single every single thing I did failed. From you know welding something to screw something else in, just because I I didn't have the capacity to to fix aluminium to steel. Um, you know, creating a mechanism to dampen something that was really heavy around a tiny little. Um, switch you know it, everything failed everything was just a succession of failures but it was stubbornness that got me through um and it was this kind of blunt force approach to problem solving that failure was just irrelevant to me like there was no such thing as failure or success like i was just going to do it i was going to keep doing it until i did it um and they were all failures so like my, my stitching on my leather work was a failure because it wasn't what it was supposed to be. <laughs> it was meant to be cross stitching like on a baseball and it didn't right. happen. Um, you know, and it, yeah, so it, it looks like a project from the outset and it looks like I went out to, to achieve something and I did, I succeeded in doing what I wanted to do. It's something like you said, Steve, that you, that I'd done in my head prior to it, you know, solved the problem in my head and then just manifested it with, the four bits of material that I had in the, in the, in the workshop. But if you watch the video, everything in the video is a failure. Everything just adds up. It's almost like two, two negative numbers make a positive number. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two, two wrongs make a right. If you, you, if you just keep adding up failures, it will eventually make a success. Mm-hmm. And I think that's partly to do with my Torian stubbornness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, you know, I can just, if I just keep going and persevere, eventually you'll get there. 
Um, if I don't know how to carve something, I'll just keep hacking at it until eventually either my hands learn or my brain, you know, the penny drops and I get it. Um, the half penny drops. The half penny drops. It's not, you know, it's not that, it's not that I know something and I'm trying to do it. Everything I do is something that I've never done before. That's part of the appeal of why I love this this making environment and this community because I'm doing I'm doing shit that I've never done before at every opportunity and that can only be failure. If I succeed in doing something I've never done before, I must be some sort of wizard. <laughs> You're a wizard. There's, there's no way that Brett that if you'd never made a hammer before and you made a hammer, it would come up perfect. Absolutely no way. Like look at Jesse's hammer. It's beautiful and it's a hammer. But she's obviously never made a hammer before when you look at the hammer <laughs> by its very nature. But that, you know, you could call it a failure because it's not a perfect hammer, but it does what it's meant to do. And she set out to achieve what it was, and that was make a hammer. Yeah. So, you know, what what is failure? For me, it's just something that I do on purpose to get to the next stage. Steve? Yeah. And I'm not ashamed of it. I'm proud of failing. Yeah. Good. I think I think taking pride in, in the failure. This is something that I know I, I asked you guys in the pre-show if we had talked about all of this before. But I know it's come up in a couple of conversations where it's like, be proud of the fails because they make the wins that much better. Yeah. Or, you know, accept your failures as learning opportunities or look back and go well if i like you said this 10 minutes ago whatever had you not failed you are either a wizard who attempted something you'd never done and achieved it or you didn't learn anything it's like trying hard enough yeah and (laughs) even in uh last week or the week before his episode it was like uh you know if you don't allow me to make mistakes and work through it my own way i'm not going to learn anything because if you just tell me the solution to what I'm working on, I don't have the opportunity to fail. Okay. Walking into the machines with that naivety and mm. going, I know this is how I'm supposed to use a bandsaw, but yeah. you talk to somebody like Jim, who's, who is a wizard on a bandsaw, but has 40 years of experience on it and uses it like no one else I've ever seen. Yeah. And all that took was him going, well, yeah, I know you're supposed to just cut stuff in half with it, but watch this. So, He's also missing half his finger. <laughs> yeah, no shit. So talk about talk about failures and perseverance. Yeah. I mean this 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 almost comes back comes back to, to late this evening when I was at this event with these kids. One of the most inspiring things, and it's something my mum taught me, she was a teacher. She taught me very little. But one of the things my mum taught me was that kids don't go into a situation thinking they know the answer. So kids don't have that fear of failure that adults do. It's something that we've kind of imposed on ourselves. And we, mm-hmm. if we, th- we we're terrified if we go into a room and we don't, we don't know the answer that we're going to be judged, that we're going to fail, that we're going to be a let down to people. You know, like you say, Brett, you're going to let down other people, your peers. Whereas kids have this, they don't, they don't know that they don't, they don't have that fear. They don't, they don't care about failure because they don't realize that, or they haven't been indoctrinated with that fear that it's a problem. You know, there's this stigma about failure that it's this problem, but I, I fucking embrace it. I, it, it's, it's my biggest learning opportunity. It's my biggest opportunity for humility, um, and to be scared of things. 
You know, if like if I burn myself, it's that's a failure, but it taught me that the fucking thing's hot. <laughs> right? There you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean I'll be here. Sorry, I I'll, I'll explain in a minute. Um Yeah, I, the thing is as much as much as I um as much as I love the attitude of uh like embracing failures and things like that. There and you know and, and the idea that things are self-imposed and yada yada yada. Um, that was pretty from, much what we said for the last yeah. half hour. There you go. Um, the the other end of the spectrum is the fact that like if I'm if I'm doing a uh, a commission piece, then I can't go ah fuck it. That looks kind of like what they said. That that that'll do. You know. I've, I've made a, a thing that does the job. It just doesn't quite look like how they wanted it to. Like that, that then becomes an issue. So, like, if you're making it for yourself, then yes, by all means. But I think it's kind of important to remember that there, if if you're not doing this for yourself or you're not doing it for a gift, there are times when you have to kind of take a step back and go, actually, you know what, that's. I fucked that up and, and you have to to find a way of of dealing with that and you know let's say i ideally you kind of preempt that by um allowing yourself enough time that if if you do cock it up then you've got the time to to fix it but if yeah for example if i was making um if i was making someone a, a gate and uh and they wanted a gate that you know had some nice little scrolls in it and the scrolls made a picture of a dog's face or something and I made a gate it fitted their gateway but it actually looks like a elephant or a cat they're they're not going to be happy (laughs) yeah there's 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 failure and then there's doing it wrong (laughs) (laughs) but but you know what I mean like that that was possibly a bad example but uh, I asked you to make us a gate I made you a gato (laughs) but Mm. Come on, that was pretty it, decent. It's. I think it's important to remember the fact that there's that you do sometimes have to to deal with the fact that yeah you know, yeah yeah you kind of you fucked up you 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 need to be able to um to I don't even know what the the terminology would be but but you you, know, you need you need to be able to take a step back and go okay I need to fix this when once you've done it you need to have those the, the ability to to look at something and go. Yeah, it it does the thing, but it's still not right, and and to to work around that and to fix that. And I mean, Rory did it on the uh, the the wine cellar gates that he made. Yes, you know the the door on the right was I think it was like the quarter inch out or something. Yeah, and bear in mind this is on like iron gates that are made to look like wood, yeah. so are like rustic and kind of organic looking, um, and you couldn't fucking tell. Like, yeah, sorry, Rory, you couldn't tell, but <laughs> he could. Yeah, and he, and he knew. So he knew that he'd made that mistake, and he knew that in his yeah. head he had to fix it. The client would yeah. never have fucking noticed that, unless the client had like OCD and a te- like a spirit level with them at all times. The client yeah. would have never got away. And it's where where's the cutoff point then? Because if you, if you're telling me, Steve, that every single thing you do for a client is perfect in every single oh god no 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 atom yeah so that's so that's my point so where's the cutoff point there has to be a cutoff point where you know that you failed but you're gonna get away with it because you have to otherwise you'll be you'll you'll be there for eternity 
and you'll yeah, start again, the- and you'll throw, scrap it. You know, Rory would go back and go, "Oh, you know what? I'm a micron out. I need to start again." So, yeah. so that, there has to be a cutoff point of where failure and success are the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't saying that the that it's not. I'm sorry, I wasn't saying that it is binary. I'm still completely agree that it is very much a grey area. I'm just saying that that grey area gets a lot smaller once you involve uh, a third party. Yeah. Um, if I was going into mass production of real knobs, <laughs> <laughs> I'd entirely take a different approach to the way I was doing it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's completely valid, and I think that's that's a really good shout. And again, that that just solidifies the idea that that failure is relative. Yeah, because it's it's what you know what 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 is that cutoff point? Yeah, I mean it's it's like the the little mini hammer I did for um, my nephew. That was fine for him, mm. uh, but there was a couple little tweaks about it that there's no way that I would put that out for production. Um, it's like the hammer that uh, I made for Brett and Jim. Uh, sorry, the axe that I made made for Brett and Jim um, last year. Like that is. The even the blank we start. I started with a blank that was fucked. Like the blank yeah. was was going to be thrown away. That's why I had it to to dick around with. Um, and so you know that that's not that's not something that I would sell, but it was it was something that I was able to gift. Um, not meaning that you know it's oh shit, so I can just give it to Brett. Um, it's it's more along the lines of of there there being that distance. And I think my point is basically that you have to you do have to kind of put in those self-imposed um uh standards and you have to make sure that you have like i mean that's that's the reason why people go to rory to get amazing um house decorations and jewelry as it's called like you know that's why they go to him to get those things done because he does take that pride he does um have those slightly higher standards than others around him um it's like i've seen um some people that have sold stuff that's very similar to the stuff that that we sell and there's there's only so many things you can make um but seeing the difference in um quality and in terms of standards is is huge and it it, that also makes me feel good It, it makes me feel really good knowing that yeah all right alex chucked away 10 of the 70 um uh fire rakes that I did, but those sixty rakes are all you know they're they're all right up here like I can feel good about that um and and I think it again for for me it's doing the production work it's quite good because it's not it's not my standards that i'm I'm having to live up to it's not my standards that I'm having to worry about it's it's alex's yeah. um and it's him that's making that call as well so it's him that's coming along and looking at it and going no that is too shit like i'm and you know that's not even savable so we're just going to chuck it um and because that's that's the other thing is it, it's it's um like how how bad does a fail have to be before it's a uh, scrap it and start again <laughs> or is this savable it, it's yeah again it comes back to that that whole sliding scale yeah and i, I mean that that taking it away from making for a moment and into kind of my day job you know that 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 whole scale get that gets multi-dimensional because it's not it's not just my my perception of 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 what is a success and a failure. It's also the person above me, the person above them. It's the client. It's the person above the client. It's consumer 
testing and validation. <laughs> so suddenly you've got this eight-dimensional beast that's trying to judge what is a f- failure and what is a success. Ah, oh, the um, Hydra. It is. It's how you chopped one fucking head off and another seventeen come back. Um, so with 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 branding and with 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 kind of corporate work, um, that idea of success and failure is fluid, and you might not even know until a year later when a product has failed or succeeded on shelf. It might even not be related to what you did. So the design might even not play an important role. It might be the product inside the design that decides whether it's a success or failure. So having yeah. having a day job where what you're doing can't even be measured in success or failure is even more difficult because you, you your your judgment criteria is like, well, let's just <laughs> let's take a gamble. <laughs> you know, we can yeah. we can rationalize it, you know, absolutely Alex can look at um what you've made and put one next to each other and go, that's not as good as that. I'm going to bin it. And that's almost like that's fantastic that he, that he has those standards and that's reflected in the beautiful work that he does, but that's relatively easy versus, you know, uh, immeasurable judgment criteria that make um, success and failure, these imaginary things. Right. I, I like to think of the example of musicians as well. People that fancy themselves players of instruments, whatever they may be, but, um, I learned kind of early on and I, I've talked about it a little bit in the podcast where I used to play in a couple, you know, shitty bands, whatever. I had fun doing it. It was <laughs> great, but um, I never necessarily fancied myself as like a, a talented musician. I, I think I could piss my way through a song and at least the people that I was playing to were entertained by it and had a good time. Yeah. There you go. Right. So when we're, when we're talking about those gray zones or what is success and failure? Well, I, came to this event with three other people. We played, people enjoyed it. We left full stop, right? The judgment level of success was just, did we play well, well enough for the people to have a good time and not walk away going like, you guys are fucking horrible. (laughs) All your music sounds like shit. But talk to somebody that's on a more professional level, right? I can, I can still pick up a guitar and play a couple of notes and I can, I'm, play a couple of cover songs that I've memorized, but talk to somebody that has played uh, on a first chair orchestra level. You know, it is, it is not about just going, Oh yeah, I kind of know how to play the violin. It's like, no, I can play this specific piece of music perfectly (laughs) from start to finish, never mess up because that's what I'm required to do for the position that I'm in. Right. So their level of success and failure is very easy to judge because of the high standards placed on, on a position like that. Yeah. So I, I, I always love trying to take things back into music because there's beauty in the imperfection. There's so many different styles of music. There's when, when you, when you said that story, it took me straight to like Jack White going into the middle of a desert and laying down a track with no rehearsals, no practice, one shot, you know, that yep. kind of musician who can just do it on instinctively, yeah. Embrace the fuck ups and the scratchiness and that you know, and the shit kind of sound quality and, and yeah, not, yeah. not rely on that perfection that you know that the violinist might have. Yeah, and I, I am a fan of embracing the failures. Right, I, th- I think that's been something I've talked about enough times. Where pulling it back to what I first 
started the whole conversation off of is this this hammer this little project you know which at the end of the day i would love to make more i would love to get better at it is something i would love to strive for is that i go i know how to make a hammer and i can make one and i'm proud of it at the end the thing is after some discussions and after you know some time to kind of gain some perspective and get my expectations out of my own ass it's like i achieved so much in 24 hours that six months ago i wouldn't have been able to do let alone years ago right constantly keeping that perspective of like holy shit what i achieved was great and i should feel really really good about that and the only thing that hung me up to not have that as my immediate reaction was this you know i see a crack in the hammer and i go fuck everything is a failure you're like no it's not so much learning happened in that so many like i can look back i can absolutely deconstruct the entire uh process that i did through the making of that thing i made i made the handle for it in 10 minutes 15 minutes it was hilarious it was just like oh shit i guess it's done it was like awesome i've learned I guess I've learned how to make handles at this point. I'm very happy about that. And it came out well. It was this damn piece of steel that I'd never worked with. And I have to embrace the fact that there were a lot of positives in there. And I even told Tony, like, I know you didn't know that I was making this, but thank you for allowing me to learn and fail. Well, you know, was, 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 was the gesture then the success, not the actual object? I will never adhere to the fact that like a physical object will mean as much. I, I don't know that I've said this in as many words and I know I didn't say it to Tony, but like the idea that making something for another maker or another craftsman, making something to them for them is as far as I'm concerned, my biggest gesture in respect and also like how I feel about their friendship or, or them being a teacher or somebody that I've learned from if I can make you something, it it may not be up to my standards or whatever, but at the end of the day, my highest form of tipping the hat or or just saying thank you is if I can make you something. Tipping the I mean, Al, I made you a knife for a reason, <laughs> right? I haven't made shit for Steve because he's a dick. <laughs> whatever. But even, you know, the tiny axe that I made. That was my tip of the hat towards Alex. I, I didn't send it to him or anything like that. But Al and I had the, or Steve and I had a discussion about it. I was really invigorated by that. And even though I didn't make that for Alex, it was like, I'm making this because of Alex. I am attempting this because I want to try because I've been inspired by this person. So there's a lot of failures in that tiny axe. I don't like what the drift looks like and everything, but there were a ton of achievements in that thing. Tons of achievements. Yeah. And the fact that Alex's response to my video was just, you know, I hand forged mine out of a stack billet of wrought iron and everything, right? Instead of just saying like, hey, you did a decent job. That's <laughs> awesome. That was an awesome reaction because he's like, you could do better. Like I read that as you could, you could try harder. You could, you could do more if you wanted the challenge. Yeah. So Tony's biggest thing was like, we'll make another one and it'll be better. And it will be done with both of us, and we will we'll crack we'll crack out another one because we can. But exactly, so you, you ended up with a better hammer than you ever would have had because you failed. Yes, so hundred percent, fucking good thing. Yeah, that's that exactly why I wanted to have this conversation, fellas. Like yeah. Steve, I know it's been a little bit of a quiet podcast for you, but 
I I talked to Tony about it while he was here, but it was like I would not have been in the situation that I'm in had I not have someone like Steve helping me along the way with blacksmithing stuff. And I've told you that as much just in pre-shows and post-shows and stuff, but I I have an insane amount of people who have inspired me or been supportive and helped me along the way that why the hell should I focus on this one hammer that didn't quite turn out the way that I wanted to for whatever fucking reason at the end of the day, like put that fucking perspective back on it. Like you were talking about Al and it's like, I wouldn't have been making hammers three years ago. I knew nothing about doing anything. We're like judging ourselves about stuff that fucking hell, like we would never even been considering. Yeah. I we're, said, we're, we're setting ourselves up and we're talking about failure. Like how the fuck is it? If, if you, if you just said Brett, Three or four years ago, like, you know, you're going to fail at that hammer that you made for the first time. <laughs> You'd be like, what? How can I fail at something that's a hammer? What are you on about? <laughs> I don't even know what a hammer is made out of. <laughs> They're all made out of the same shit, right? Yeah. There's like so many, there's so many ways to back down your own self-imposed perspectives or expectations or anything. Like This was a huge growth moment. I, I luckily I had a couple of like really invigorating conversations afterwards to to kind of get me out of that dumb, stupid immediate reaction. But it was like it was so fantastic. Like twenty four hours later, to have, have a sleep on it, wake up in the morning, and be like, "Holy shit, I pulled all that off!" And even though it didn't come out perfect, because why the fuck would I expect it to come out perfect? I can't believe I did all that. That is a great feeling. And I should not be beholden to myself. And it's, again, it's not like Tony knew he was going to get this hammer. And it's not like he had any expectations for it to be a perfectly manufactured ball peen, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We had a random conversation about it in the past. It was just like, I don't know, something around a pound, probably a ball peen. <laughs> Funniest thing to come out of it was the ball, the little side of it. Because uh, everyone knows what a ball peen looks like. The littler side of it. Uh, the peening side uh, was the one with the crack in it. Yeah. And he goes, I don't really ever use those sides anyways. And I was like, well, <laughs> fuck, never mind then. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> He'll, I guarantee, well, we tapped it on the anvil and it didn't break apart. So that's a good thing. But <laughs> it'll probably work just as well for anything that he is ever going to use it on. And it was a massive achievement for a lot of reasons. And I think we've all gone through enough experiences like that where you just, you get buried in your own bullshit and I hate it. Right. And it's, I want, I want, I want, go I ahead. Want fa- I want a failure from each of us. I want a big fucking failure. Steve, tell us about a failure. Cause I want to hear from people listening as well. I want to hear their failures. Like I think when, when Laura kind of came on and said, just did a video that was about a failure. I think it inspired a lot of that kind of positive attitude in people. Um, so, Steve, I want to hear about a failure. I want to hear about just completely fucked you up and you stopped and you're like, fuck it, I can't do this. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, like... Other than trying to go up on beard. <laughs> oh. um, failures don't tend to stop me in my tracks. Um, like, fucking up does, and there's times where I will kind of uh, i'll i'll make little silly mistakes and i'll go no i need to step away and that's more of um uh, where i am mentally than than 
actually fucking up. Um, if I fuck up something whilst I'm working, if I fuck something up in the middle of the day, then I just I take five minutes, I stop, and I, I start again. Like with the um, uh, the badger claw, like I burnt the shit out of the first one I did with that, and it was just like, right, okay. Uh, have I got any more of that still? I had a look and went, actually, fuck it. I'm going to go bigger. I'm going to go better. It's fine. And just carried on with it. Like, I, I, it doesn't tend to... Um, I mean, that, that became part of the story. That was yeah. part of the charm. That was the, the kind of the slip up on the way to Mordor. That wasn't a failure. You know, that <laughs> was... that was if, if it was easy, it would be the way, you know. Yeah. That, it, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't think that was a failure. Um. So what, you never let an underage person into your bar when you were a doorman? Mm, Did you make knowingly? a drink incorrectly? <laughs> Steve never fails. Yeah. I know, Steve has never this, failed this, in his entire life. Wow, this th- this thumbnail draws itself. Okay. <laughs> Steve is... Right, Steve doesn't fail. Brett, tell me about fail. Uh, a proper fail. Yeah. Proper, proper, proper fail. fail. Um, I... Ooh, that's a tough one. I get because so many failures in my life. I feel like <laughs> all growing experiences. Um, I I'll, I'll take it back to what I think is still probably one of the most like this is going to get weirdly personal, but um, I think I did a terrible job when I was younger recognizing the the company I kept, and I think I failed. I, I think I failed really, really hard um, growing up in terms of who I chose to keep close and who I chose to give my time and energy to, yep. which if, if we had to circle it back, this is what, this is why um, I care so much about trying to do the good things for the people around me, the people that I care about and respect. Um, the reason I never want to disappoint them is because if I've invested at my age now, knowing everything that I learned growing up about the terrible people that I was giving my time and energy to not getting anything back, like giving as much as I possibly could. Cause I thought it would somehow benefit me given, you know, old bosses, old jobs, just the stuff that I dealt with in terms of the ups and downs of being like, wow, I invested a lot of time and energy into that job or that person or that friend or the relationship, whatever it was. And just realizing that those were all failures because I wasn't good at recognizing where time and energy well spent mattered. Yeah. So now I have this chosen family, my, my friends that I've met nowadays. There is a reason I don't want to disappoint any of those people because I know, I know that that comes back to me in spades, skulls and spades. So not wanting to disappoint is all based on that. I think my biggest failure was giving the wrong people, jobs, friends, relationship, family, all that kind of stuff in the past. I think my biggest failure, which was also my biggest learning experience throughout the years was, holy shit, giving my time to the wrong people. <laughs> You're welcome. Now you know a lot about why I'm such no. a grumpy asshole. No, but it, it, it makes sense. And, and, and it it obviously makes you appreciate that shit more. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, I think, you know, we're all salty old men and I think there's going to be succession of, of kind of social failures and, and things that we've all been through and we've all, looking back, you know, we could have done things differently. Um, yeah. I'm very you know what they say about hindsight? 
makes an ass out of you and me. <laughs> oh God. Uh sorry, I'll oh. go ahead. <laughs> um yeah, I think after after Brett's kind of deep um insight into into failure in, in sort of life in, in the prospect of things. I'll bring it back to something shallow and making uh, related. Um my biggest failure in the past sort of year or so was was the cider press that I tried to make. Um and not just because I failed once, I failed several times. Mm. Um my first failure was absolutely my fault and I'm not trying to pass the book, but it was my misunderstanding of the importance of materials. So mm-hmm. I made a perfectly functioning cider press. I just happened to make it out of construction lumber <laughs> and not oak like you're supposed to, and yeah. it exploded the first time I used it. Mm. Um, and then the second time was a failure in my own stubbornness, thinking that I could just use the same material again <laughs> um, and just put lots and lots of steel bolts and screws through it. Um to the point where I was bending like M12 bolts uh, with this the 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 four ton car jack that I was using as the apple press, wow. um, pure just blunt force stubbornness. I'd managed to get it to work, but it was at the point where like literally the wood was splitting at my face oh my and God. exploding as I was squeezing and getting apple juice out. And I was like, "Is it really this important? Like, is is hand squeezing apples?" really the compelling story <laughs> here <laughs> or is me going blind because um of just pure fucking ignorance and arrogance um the the, the kind of the, the the winning story in this yeah. um and i just stopped and i was like you know what i've got the juice i can make some cider with this i've done it i have achieved an apple press that presses cider it's not i didn't get 30 liters out of it like i intended to um and so i just came in and i just i just juiced them all by hand um but the fact that I tried and I failed and I tried again and I failed. And I was like, you know what? I need hardwood to make an apple press. <laughs> so I'm going to stop. Um, and I, w- I will go back at some point and I will make an apple press because it's, it's, there's something chewy and satisfying and very English about it. Um, yeah. And it's something that's always appealed to me, but I will not try and be this, this obnoxious guy that's repeatedly trying to make it out of leftover two by fours from the hack. Because <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, just to kind of quickly uh, go back on mine, because, uh, yeah, my, I, yeah. Um, if you don't fail, it's fine, Steve. Steve, if you don't no, fail, that's fine. Totally we're we're, we're, we're no, proud no. of you. Uh, we think it's great. I think we can make T-shirts out of this. Probably. I, Steve, don't fail. <laughs> Charlie, uh, don't, Charlie, don't surf. I'm just, um, <laughs> uh, my head's a little bit elsewhere at the moment. Um, but I think my, my biggest or my most constant failure is Pay attention uh no is time Ooh. um as in having way more on than i can possibly do in the time that i actually have um i i don't think i i can't remember the last time that a friend phoned me up and said oh what are you what are you doing next week or whenever and i didn't say i've i'm booked up for the next six months um <laughs> And, uh, and I, I wish that was a joke, but like my diary at the moment is completely full of, um, commitments that I've made to do things, which then means that the, 
the free time that I have to uh, to actually make stuff and to do things is just gone. Um, and a lot of that is is the the job that I'm in and the fact that I have two three of them. Um, but it, it it just means that I'm constantly uh, I'm constantly forgetting to um, to make sure that I allow myself uh, free time to to do everything from spending time in the workshop to spending time going out and seeing friends and and doing things like that. Um, but the bright side of that is that hopefully in the very near future, I'll be uh, I'll be leaving my job, which means that I'll be have. I'll hopefully be having more free time, which is pretty fucking spiffing. People that we think that are spiffing. Okay, so this week uh, I'm going to go first. And I am going to spiff someone that I've only just met. Um, so obviously I spoke about earlier on about the fact that, uh, uh, Jamie and his brother down for the class, um, and as wonderful as Jamie is, um, rather than, uh, spiffing him, cause uh, you should already be following him. Uh, I'm going to spiff his brother, Roop, um, because he is currently failing at Instagram. Uh, he built a, uh, beetle hot rod uh and there's like six pictures of it on his instagram and that's it and i really think everyone should be going onto his uh um his instagram page and telling him to post more stuff because some of the stuff that he does in his job uh is really really interesting um because he's similar to almost uh caroline in a way in the fact that he um he makes uh uh props and objects for um projects yes projects for uh film and tv and video production um and yeah it's he's a really really cool guy um so yeah i would say go check him out uh and i think that links quite nicely into uh Brack. yeah so steve said if you're not following jamie follow jamie well i'm going to talk about jamie yeah so, mr reader um has been super supportive since we all got to meet him last year at maker central. And and we've had a couple of random exchanges where everyone's getting excited for maker central this year. Um, but Jamie actually just sent me a really, really nice note and it is not specifically because of him sending me something that I'm spiffing him. It's the, (laughs) it's the amount of support and, just like good vibrary that he's added to the whole group. He's always really active going around liking people and staying connected with everybody. But um, I will say specifically it it is, and Jamie will be the only one that knows about this, but it's what he said in the note and the kind words that he put in said note that keep things like the perspective and not getting down on yourself about one project or, or trying to realize the greater the greater good that you know you're trying to do for you and yours and um it meant a lot after having like a little bit of a failure moment and getting out of that and and realizing it wasn't a failure and then getting a note in the mail that kind of instilled a lot more of that perspective 
um, helped out a lot. So I'm saying thank you to Jamie for that as well as he's just great. And I appreciate the attitude and everyone will get to meet him and his wife and his daughter this year. If you come to make essential. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah. Thanks nice. Brett. I think, I think that, I think it is really important that even just saying simple things and sharing your thoughts with people, even if it's just like a private message, just reach out to people and, tell them things it, it makes a huge difference yeah sometimes if you just message somebody in the morning and say hey you're great <laughs> makes a lot of difference yes nice um yeah on the kind of subject of failures um i want to it's a respiff it's someone we've talked about in the past and it's kurtz because hacked yeah yeah they just uh, did the, their video. The video yeah so they good. did and it was fucking it was really brilliant. brilliant um and coincidentally so, so the story is, if you don't know Kurtz Gesagt, you should watch the fucking channel because we told you to because it was a spiffing previously. So pay attention. Um, they basically tell complicated stories in a simple way and they use animation and they kind of, they don't dumb it down, they just make it accessible. Um, and 99% of the time it's objective and they just tell, they tell you how it is. Um, they, they tend to tell both sides of the story as well if, if there's mm-hmm. something that's contentious. Um, if there's something that's utter bullshit, like homeopathy, they'll call it out. Um, <laughs> but then at the same time, they'll say that actually, even if it's a placebo, it still works because people believe in it and it makes them yeah. feel better. So, you know, they're, they're, they're really humble about it. And, but the, their latest video, they basically just put their hands up and said, we fucked up. We made a mistake. Two of our videos were wrong. Um, and they went on to then just say why they were wrong and what they did and, uh, one of the videos kind of isn't relevant anymore, so they just completely deleted it from their library, and they said, we've, we've deleted that. Um, we don't want to be kind of yeah. associated with it anymore. We still know it's going to be on the internet because it's the internet. Yeah, That's fine. We just don't want it on our channel because it doesn't reflect what we're trying to do. Right. And the other video, they said, we're going to reshoot that video. We're going to remake that video with um, a story that tells a different side, and you know, now we have more research, we have more understanding. It's difficult with science stuff because – the whole point of science is that you're constantly trying to disprove things. That's the, mm-hmm. the, the purpose of science. Um, and so by the very nature, their channel should always be kind of correcting itself and learning from its failures. But it was just the way they went about it, the way they said we were wrong, they put their hands up, they yeah. removed the video, they're going to re retell the same story um, with a different perspective. And I just thought it was really refreshing, you know, in an, in a time where, you know, politics is just this constant kind of, argument and, and dick swinging exercise of never backing down and, and that's the only way to win an argument is to just repeatedly say the thing that you were always saying louder have, have somebody just go actually we were wrong yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know that i do want to hear that and that is is refreshing and it, it's and one of the things i really like about that that video as well is the fact that the two videos they're taking down are also their two uh, most watched most, yeah, watched. most yeah. watched so the um, biggest income that they took down and I, as, as i say funnily enough i just i just watched the video about addiction oh, um, really? and I, th- I think it was maybe an old video but i'd, I'd not yeah. seen it before and I, i'd literally watched it like two days before it was just a total yeah, coincidence yeah. or maybe it wasn't if it's if it's a a, a well-viewed yeah. video it's probably in the algorithm um but when i was watching it i was thinking this is weird this is a weird take on addiction i've never heard this yeah. before and i kind of took their word for it because I like their channel, but yeah. at the same time I was questioning it. And I think that's important is that a conversation is a conversation. It's a dialogue. It's not, yeah. they aren't preaching at people. They aren't saying, this is what science is. You must listen to us. You know, yeah. it's not a classroom. It's a, this is our take on it. Yeah. What do you think? 
you yeah. know, it's really healthy yeah. conversation. Yeah, it is very much like these are the facts that we found. These are yeah. the places we found those facts, and we are presenting them to you in a completely um, charming, animated way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, it's all a bunch birds. of birds yeah. and pop yeah. culture references. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic, and yeah, like I, I just have to agree with that. Based on the, you know, it, it is very rare that you will get a channel that size. Yeah. somebody that is yeah like they have employees they talk about them in their uh videos where it's like we have employees we have a team it takes a long time to make these things so for them to say we are a big channel with a big following with people that rely on money and income and we're taking two of our most successful videos <laughs> and money makers away that's just it's and they, 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 they do make mistakes you know i've watched videos where they've talked about things and what they're saying is not correct you know, yeah. just mathematically or scientifically, but you kind of, you forgive it because it is, it's just opinion, you know, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's well-informed and it's backed up with data, but it's not always right. And right. I think that's important that you, even when you're watching a YouTube channel or listening to a podcast, what you hear and see is not necessarily always right. Um, and you're allowed to question it. You're allowed, if you have a healthy argument and healthy dialogue, by all means, fucking challenge people. That's what we do, the three of us, mm-hmm. is we question each, what each other is saying. If we all just went, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, the podcast yeah. would be, mm-hmm. be over in five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I agree. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have yeah. to put up with you lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was a that was a really good chat, that one. And yeah, particularly that video. Um, cool. Uh, is there any other business? Yeah, I've got ALB. Cool, go. Um, I think as we're getting closer to Maker Central, I think... Um, it's really worth kind of everybody understanding what it's about and why we're all going about it, why we're so excited. Um, I think in the States, you guys have a few more of these kind of maker meetups um, and events um, and Europe as well, kind of make affairs a much bigger deal. In the UK, we don't have anything like that. Um, we used to have uh, make affair that's actually stopped this year, rather sadly. Um, mm-hmm. I know they have mini make, make affairs, but... There's a few events, you know, there's a few woodworking events, things like Yandles, um, but we don't have like big, big maker kind of oriented um, events in the UK, which is a real shame. Um, so this is why kind of Maker Central is this huge thing for us. Um, it's amazing that people are coming from other countries and, you know, other continents. It's really fucking humbling and, and heartwarming that you give a shit about England and this tiny little <laughs> island and this event we're holding in this weird city that nobody would go to for any other reason, um, <laughs> apart from a really good curry. Um, but yeah, uh, Maker Central, it, last year was fucking brilliant. Um, really enjoyed it, met some amazing people. I know we bang on about it all the time. Um, there's a yes, reason for that. Yes, it was a woodworking yeah. event. And the, the, I think there was some stalls there about turning, but that, that is not why I was there. <laughs> no, nope. um, and I was there because of because of all you guys and everyone that that I met, but also the trajectory that people went on after going to that event. Yeah, yeah. Um, so many people were like, oh fuck, now I can start doing this. Now yeah. I know that person. Now I've got the confidence. Now I'm going to start my own YouTube, YouTube channel. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think it was it was a real eye opener. Uh, absolutely loved it. I can't wait for this year. If you've not got your tickets. Go and get your fucking tickets. If you're umming and ahhing about, I can't afford it. You can afford it. You just got to make some sacrifices. Um, <laughs> if you, you know, you think it might go next year, it might not happen next year. Who knows? So if you, if there's any chance you can get this year, fucking do it. Yeah. With that being said, uh, I think Nick has said a few times that it's probably not going to happen next year, um, and this is potentially the last ever one. Um, 
that being said, I have actually, uh, I don't know whether it's just because I watched um, one recently, uh, but I've had loads of, Maker, uh, yeah, <laughs> I've had loads mm-hmm. of Maker Central, um, like last year's vlogs from after Maker Central. I've had loads oh, of them nice. uh, appearing on my um, YouTube, like recommended videos recently. And, uh, and I've watched through a, a few of them and <laughs> it's really, really nice. I watched uh, Heath Knuckles' one um today and yeah it was just really nice and it, it just got that excitement back so there's, there's if you if you don't know what it's about just go look at any of those videos from last year and it'll give you an idea and like everyone has said this year is going to be bigger and better um but that being said actually that's uh another thing is the andal show is in like two three weeks um i think uh no no it's not in i'm april, lying in april yeah it's been a long shift. Uh, yes, um, the Andals show is in April. Uh, that's going to be a really good event. Um, so if you can make it to that, I'd suggest going to that one as well. Um, cool. Uh, that's it for AB. Yeah. Cool. Yarp. Uh, yeah. If you want to find us on the interwebs, you can find us in all of the usual places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. You can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al's oh, Fairly Shack! There we go. And you can find us as a group at fwtpodcast.com or at fwtpodcast on Instagram, where you can see all of the lovely thumbnails, uh, which apparently on some uh, podcast apps, they don't show up. They just show up with the standard one, which is horrible so and apparently and, on some websites they don't even show up at all like the past few episodes they just don't even come yeah up. i know it's crazy um so yeah i would suggest going and uh checking out uh the instagram for the fucking amazing thumbnails that al does uh yeah you can also find us in the uh on facebook in the Fools of tools group it's really good go there and have i forgotten anything no yes no no. Uh, you didn't shout out Tim once this episode. I'm disappointed. Uh, yeah. Or Red. We haven't talked about Red in ages. Yeah, he had his own jingle like, and everything. I was going to say, yeah, we need to reuse that jingle. So, um, yeah, uh, we love you guys, even if sometimes we fail. So, goodbye, good night, farewell, out of No, that's not it. And choose. You've been choose. great. Yeah. That one. All right. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Well, I guess I kind of figured it out. If there's no great, glorious end to all of this, if nothing we do matters, then all that matters is what we do.